Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. Today's episode will be a syndication of an interview I did with Daniel Horowitz. A word from one of our supporters. This supporter is Brittany Puckett. Hi, this is Brittany Puckett from the Mrs. Papatango. Here after hours, we would like to draw strength from those that have gone before us and lived through hard times. Remember Nelson Mandela had said that we were not born for the hunger to be free. We were simply born free. And now back to you after hours. The Mrs. Papatango out. Thank you, Brittany Puckett. We'll keep you in our prayers as well. Thank you for showing strength and courage under fire. All right, let's go ahead and get into this episode with David Horowitz. So I mentioned at the top of the hour that there are so many voiceless people in this country for whom there is zero political representation. And nowhere is this more evident than in the military because you're silenced, you sign away your life to the government. These are people often multi-generation in families that wanted to serve their country. They love the military. They love the branch of service that they or their, their fathers and grandparents were in. And yet now they're being forced to take a jab that is outdated, unnecessary. We have so many issues. We now, we talk about the DMED scandal. We're in the military in particular. We have seen an insane amount of injury just at a, at a conservative level, not just from a database, but from real actual testimony of doctors who treat active duty soldiers. And yet they have nowhere to turn. You have religious exemptions being denied. You have medical exemptions being denied. You have doctors who speak out are being fired. You have soldiers being dishonorably discharged a a year or two away from uh, their retirement, losing all the benefits, sometimes sometimes having to pay back, uh, you know, training. I've heard of pilots that, got damaged, got heart ailments from the first shot, declined to take the second shot. And they're told if you don't, you have to pay back what, like $3 million worth of uh, aviation training. I mean, things like that. Oh, it's over. COVID's over. The mandates are over. No, they're not. Maybe for you, not for the military. And it shocks me how people don't care. And it's broadly emblematic of what's going on. I don't have time to really delve into it, but today I have a column out talking about how Republicans for years and still to this day, they only care about quantity, not quality in the military. So they wrote a desperate letter to Joe Biden. Now, what, what would you think it would be? Oh my gosh, you got to stop the mandates. You got to look into DMED. You got to look into the cover-up. You got to look into people being fired. No, it's all about, we need more money for the military, money, money, money. But if you don't change the policies in the military, What good is the money? It's going to go more into green energy, more into the licentious anti-Christian agenda, more into the gender bending. I talk about it in today's column. The, you know, it's funny. uh, What's a woman, right? What's a woman? They can't recognize female and male, except when it comes to shoving them in combat. Well, they're like, no, there's no difference. Women are men too, except, well, they're not. So we're going to have lower standards, but they're the same and they're not the same when it benefits us. I mean, this is the stuff we need to be working on. What's our broad strategic vision in the military? 
you know, you know, that, that, that's what the NDAA is for. First, you look at the scope of their mission. Then you have the probe spill. What, what, what do we want to fund? But it's always just about dollars, dollars, not about policy. Well, with us today, to, to I think bring this all out, is Dr. Sam Sigaloff. He's a major in the U.S. Army Medical Corps. Um, he is, he was the medical director of a clinic at Fort, Fort uh, Huachuca in Arizona until he was suspended. For, for having the audacity to offer medical exemptions for people who needed them. And, you know, he's uh, named in certain court cases for people that were denied, and we can't talk about the court cases. To be clear, any opinion expressed today from Dr. Sigloff is as a family physician. He's in civilian clothes today, not as a member of the military DOD or the U.S. government. Um, but again, he was suspended for unprofessional conduct disseminating misleading information to patients and distributing uh, and distribution of vaccine ex- exemption letters characterizing vaccines as genetic therapy. Dr. Major Sigaloff, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me on, Daniel. Uh, yeah, so I just want to make a real quick disclaimer. I know you already said it, but any view that I express is solely my own, Does not is not the view of DOD, of the Department of the Army, nor of the U.S. government. I am currently on leave, not in uniform, and my uh, public affairs officer is aware of this interview. Perfect. So, but, but broadly speaking, you still are generally in active duty military. You're not retired yet, but you are suspended. So you're a family physician. Uh, to be clear, you're not a unit doctor, so you're not dealing with the health of active duty military. Primarily, you're dealing with the families, wives. First, talk about clinically what you've seen um, in your practice among those who have gotten a shot. Okay, well, also, so I just kind of want to give you a little preface. Like you said, I see family members, but I've also been out of practice. So the suspension deals specifically with me practicing medicine. And I've been taken out of practice since September 13th. I haven't seen a patient in clinic since September 13th. And when I was seeing patients, I, I saw you know an elderly retiree wife come in. And she had rash, a rash on her leg shortly after she had Moderna. And she said, I have this rash. And I look at it and you, know, you try to, rashes will usually blanch. Meaning you push on it and the redness goes away and it comes back. It was a non-blanchable rash. So that's petechia. That's pinpoint bleeding underneath the skin. And sometimes that can be benign. Sometimes that can be the harbinger of death. Yes, and we've seen a lot of that, and it's been in the documents. Um, you've talked before about nursing women. So you'll deal with kind of you know military wives sometimes. Uh, we've all talked about the lunacy of pushing an emergency shot on pregnant women, something that has never been done. It violates every medical ethos around. But what have you suspected you've seen with nursing women? It's interesting you bring that up. So one thing that I've learned through this process is when women breastfeed, the proteins in their bloodstream are concentrated in their breasts, in their breast milk. And so when you breastfeed your child and you've had this, this what they're alleging is a vaccine, and it's filled with spike protein, and let's say the spike protein is the dangerous part of the virus, and it is, as we know, um, and it's you're, you're basically giving your child something that could be quite dangerous, and it can cause problems. But then there's the other part of it, too. So there's, there's a couple things going on. There's the lipid nanoparticles, which are fat-soluble, and there is a lot of fat in breast milk because children, adults, everyone needs saturated fat. 
And and so that does that transfer? The, did those lipid nanoparticles transfer in the breast milk? I don't know. I do know that uh, per the Pfizer 5.3.6 cumulative report, uh, it says that there are problems that they've seen with breastfeeding women, about 14% of them, and they have things like irritability. They'll see rashes. They'll see weight loss. They'll see all these different complications, fever. I, I know one of the four infants that I saw was having fever for four months, every single day for four months, so much that he would be sent, this child would be sent home from daycare because of the fever. And you couldn't diagnose anything, but you did know that the mother got the shot. It, all of these symptoms for these four patients began within a week or two after mom got second shot of Moderna. And, I, and this, this child, well, you know, if, if you know anything about medicine, a child who has a fever for extended period of time needs to be evaluated for Kawasaki's. And the workup for Kawasaki for that child was negative. So the child did not have Kawasaki. Wow. Wow. I mean, it, it's very apropos. A couple moments ago, we were just talking about Moderna pursuing this shot for six-month-old babies. And, uh, you know, the assumption was that until now, uh, babies and toddlers haven't gotten the shot. But, yeah, I mean, that is something. Are they truly an unfettered control group against this? Because what about the nursing babies? And, I mean, what you're saying is nothing new. <laughs> we know that any uh, nursing women are discouraged from taking any therapeutic whatsoever uh, that has not affirmatively been proven safe for breastfeeding babies uh, precisely because it does transfer over, or, you know, it, it, it definitely has the potential to. So this is an avenue I just heard you talk about before, and I, I found that fascinating. Um, it should be noted for our audience, you could find Dr. Siglov's podcast, After Hours with Dr. Siglov. Look that up, and you can, you know, hear him talk about this more. Um, but I do want to get to you know, kind of moving over from, okay, you're a doctor to the military and the military doctor. Um, so one of the things that I've gotten tons of emails are heartbreaking from people. It's not just people getting kicked out. It's that as soon as you apply for an exemption, you are marked. It's like, you're a bad person. You're a bad apple. You won't get good assignments. You won't get promotions. So even if ultimately you give into the pressure and you get the shots, you are tagged and you're going to have problems in the military for the rest of your career. Could you elaborate a little bit on your own experience? They took that to uh, the next level that just for offering medical exemptions, you got suspended. So to this day, you cannot practice medicine in the military. Right. So until I get my privileges back, uh, which we're in the process of of negotiating for that, um, I can't practice medicine anywhere. Um, also currently under investigation in Texas um, for the misleading information. Um, and it talks about that. A lot of that information is available in the children Children's Health Defense uh, article that was written about me. So this is all public information. This is all uh, well, why court Texas? documents. You're, you're in Arizona. So I'm licensed in Texas. So the way it works is I have to be licensed in at least mm -hmm. one state and I can practice on mil any military installation as long as I have a license in one state. Got it. So here we have a red state governor, Greg Abbott, um, and we have the state medical board going after a doctor for expressing concerns about the gene therapy, lipid nanoparticles. This is all proven in multiple peer-reviewed studies that have now come out in the ensuing months, and this is an allegedly red state under Greg Abbott, and this is happening. We've had another Texas doctor who is in trouble. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable, and, and everyone needs to make sure that the governor and his staff hears from you. And, and uh, 
Just okay. so you know, there's another army. I'm sorry. There's another military physician. I'm not going to give too many details, but this this physician sent sent service members to a civilian doctor that was an immunologist. The civilian doctor, who's a you know, specialist, and the civilian doctor gave these service members an exemption to not get the jab because they he he determined that they're allergic to the, the contents of that of the jab, and so this the military physician took that that paper, put it in their chart, and sent it forward for those uh, service members to get an exemption. The military physician is now under suspension. And the military physician received the shot. Yep. In other words, so he wasn't even categorically saying, look, broadly it's a bioweapon, broadly this thing is destroying humanity. He just said, look, I mean, at a minimum, and everyone knows this, even with the safest of shots that are studied for 10 years and have a much better track record in safety and efficacy than this, this uh, Frankenstein, whatever it is, um, you know, the, the allergic reactions, I mean, that, that's known. That's like anything else. And you have certain ingredients, and, and that's the classic medical exemption um, that's been going on in the military. So is that what happened with your patients as well? Right. So I, I wrote, uh, my medical exemption was based on the fact that the lipid nanoparticles, kind of what you just discussed. Um, there are some public documents that where you can read more about that. Um, however, the lipid nanoparticles, if you look at their material safety data sheet made by the manufacturer of those lipid nanoparticles, they say that they're not for medical use. They're not for uh, veterinary use. They, they're for research use only and all safety relies on the end user. So if I mess up, it's my fault. It's not the company's fault if they harm me through this, this product. Wait, wait, what, what's the title of this document? It, it's, a, it's a legal document that's placed in the Robert versus Austin affidavit. Okay, and, and this is, um, it, it's not even for veterinarian use. So they say ivermectin is a horse medicine, when of course it's not. It's a human medicine. I mean, there's a right. tribute to Merck to this day for... Saving, you know, millions of people in Africa. And I drink horse hydration fluid all the time. You're saying the LNPs aren't even eligible to be used in animals. Um, And, you know, the the toxicity issue. So my question to you is, what is different about these LNPs? I mean, we do have LNP technology to distribute certain cancer drugs throughout the body. I mean, we have had LNPs. What's different about this? So what's interesting is, so when I first saw the ingredient list of Pfizer and Moderna, I looked at some com- compounds that I had no idea what they were, looked them up. DSPC and DSPE are actually in both of them. And I found a patent from 2017. And DSPC and DSPE were both patented for the sole purpose of delivering drugs through the blood-brain barrier into the brain. Now, the gestalt as physicians, uh, the kind of the feeling and the thing that everyone thought was that the shot would go into your arm and stay in your arm. Then why would they add these compounds that was designed to take it to the brain? Yep. I mean, Dr. Urso describes it as a garlic dispenser shaker. It's designed to get garlic particles at every last corner of your body. But what's more interesting about that patent is that's not where it ends. It also talks about the the side effects and the problems they have with it. And then I've also found a patent from 2014 that also talks about lipid nanoparticles and how, and those two combine the ideas behind them, is that there are suppressed immune response. 
from these lipid nanoparticles. There's these pseudo allergies that people are having. There's all these different problems and they don't even know how long it stays in the human body because it's a fat soluble molecule, meaning it can go into every cell. It can stay in the cell membrane of every cell in your body because every cell in your body, the membrane is made of fat. Um, that is pretty unbelievable. So you share all this information with your superior commander who is not a doctor. Um, and what's the reaction? Summarily suspended for allegedly. Summarily suspended. And then the patients, they had their, uh, exemptions revoked. Correct. So a non-medical professional took it upon herself to practice medicine by revoking my medical exemptions. In most places in the world, yep. we call that a felony. However, the yep. FBI, they don't care. The CID, that's criminal investigation, um, that's like FBI on post, they didn't care. In fact, I got in trouble for trying to report a serious crime. So just to be clear, I mean, there's no law that states that, I mean, because the military is kind of different that, you know, the commander could just say, you're getting this, you know, um, you know, your medical exemption is not, I think they don't have discretion to say your medical exemption is not valid. No, they don't. There's actually law. And I stated in, in one of my documents that I've supplied to the courts. Um, and as part of my different defenses for various, uh, investigations that I've had against me, but there's actually law that says that if the commander disagrees with the doctor's opinion, then the commander must issue a it's called quote fit for duty examination. That's where the doc that's when the doctor and the commander's opinion differ. You get someone else to evaluate to see if this soldier is fit for duty. That was not done. And you're saying that never happened. Never happened. So you say you're concerned that the ingredients are going to cause allergic reactions in some of these these patients. They were you know to be clear, these are not the religious exemptions that are more carte blanche. It's a very targeted medical exemption. You're a doctor, so you're you're the one I- issuing them. And they're like, screw that, you're not doing that. Um, now, you are also trying to treat patients for COVID as well because they say COVID's such a big deal right. that you need to give them an experimental shot. But then when they get COVID, what's their treatment regimen? The treatment regimen, as it currently stands on this post, is go home, hope you don't die. Now, I... Hope you don't die. So you weren't happy with that. And what no. did you do? So I started giving ivermectin as there's lots of good evidence behind it. And then while... Ivermectin was still a TRICARE-covered benefit, meaning TRICARE covered it, and I didn't have to have any prior authorization. It was banned from use, meaning there was a person on post that took it upon themselves to issue an order to keep life-saving medication from going to a patient. Even Is that individual a doctor? No. No, sir. And, and, okay. that, and on top of that, that's withholding TRICARE benefits. So someone who is not a physician, was going above and beyond what Congress said is available to patients. They took it upon themselves to restrict the medical care. Since then, ivermectin has become a prior authorization drug, meaning TRICARE won't pay for it to treat COVID. Now, this is a very interesting topic that a lot of patients and even nurses, especially nurses, don't seem to understand at all is, and I'm not digging at all nurses. My wife is a nurse and my wife completely understands this whole topic. So I want to make sure that I'm not digging at nurses. I'm digging at some nurses that don't understand this is because insurance doesn't pay for it. 
that doesn't mean the doctor can't prescribe it. Exactly. Insurance doesn't and practice medicine. And the reason medicine. insurance doesn't pay for it is the same political thing why they're going after doctors. I mean, it's a right. redundant manifestation. They all got together and said they're going to you know, declare unprecedented war on a drug that even in worst case scenario, it would be no runs, no hits, no errors. It's right? safer it's than Tylenol. Space, yes. It's a, yeah, it's established safety profile. Like, you disagree. Does it work? This work? This type of COVID? This stage? This person? Okay, whatever. But, I mean, we, we I mean, uh, don't, don't you deal with off-label heavy-duty stuff all the time? All the time. And or, I've never been given an order where I can't use any medication off-label for anything else in my nine years of experience. Ever. Nine years of experience there. Okay. So what happens with you? What, what, where, what happens with someone like you? Because right now I feel like you have a double mark on you. In other words, your military career is really in hot water. And then, but because of that, your ability to practice as a doctor, even as a civilian later on in life, will be jeopardized as well. So, so where do things stand with you personally? And you've hit the, the nail right on the head. It's not good enough to get me out of the military. They want to destroy my entire life and everything I've worked for and to help save people, right? Because if you take my medical license, then I'm unable to practice medicine. And physicians spend the majority of their life not doing other things so that they can learn how to practice medicine. And so our skills are, are kind of limited. And so they're not just trying to get me out. They want to destroy everything I've ever worked for, and to prevent future patients from ever getting help from me. And so, I'm, like I said, I'm under investigation in Texas. I'm currently trying to negotiate. I've given an offer to see if, if they'll let me go, if the military will let me go and reinstate everything, as many of the concerns they had as alleged misinformation has actually come out and been true. We just talked about the lipid nanoparticles. I actually had a nurse in a sworn statement to give you an idea of how how twisted this is. When I was developing these ideas, I showed a nurse and she said, where did you get those, those things saying that it causes mutation of the genes? Is that from some Q research? No, this is the material data sheet from the manufacturer of the particle that we're injecting into people. And the manufacturer says, do not put it into people. But since the FDA said it's fine, so we'll go stick it in people. So now, part of the reprimand that you got, I saw the document, and they go by hearsay. So um, <laughs> yeah. you're being you're being reprimanded. They claim the people overheard you um, raising concerns about the vaccine. So it wasn't even just an action of that you gave this treatment or counseled people as a patient, but in conversation. Is there any precedent for that? And can you just describe a little bit what happened first? Yeah, so I was speaking to someone and I perceive, I perceived and do perceived and is currently a legal battle going on in multiple courtrooms to find out if this is an illegal order that soldiers are mandated or military service members are mandated to take this. Um, and so I brought that concern up with someone sitting next to me. That person sitting next to me put it in a sworn statement and now I have a a memorandum of record reprimand saying, well, you, you said that this was an illegal order and that they shouldn't follow it. Yes. If it's an illegal order, no one should follow it. It's actually our duty to go against it, to go against it. Uh, there's a, there's a time in Vietnam called the May Lai massacre. Those were illegal orders. They should have not been followed. There's a time in Germany where they were given illegal orders. They should not have been followed. Following orders is not a defense. So 
you know, it's funny what your case brings out to me is what a lot of people, a lot of average people that are very well-intentioned, I think the biggest thing they couldn't understand is they say, well, we see such unanimity of opinion. All the doctors seem to be saying one thing, so it must be true. But what the, the picture you're painting is like, oh, it's obvious why they're saying all one thing, because if you don't, what exactly happens to you? So do you get the sense that in the military that a lot of other doctors are seeing the issues with it, but they're like, I ain't doing what Sam's doing. I mean, he's going on a suicide mission. I think most of them will never see it because they're too spiritually blind to be able to see it. I had in a chat group I was in on Facebook, I had a pediatric cardiologist say, it's no big deal. It's just a little bit of uh, myocarditis. There's no such thing as a, a mild case of myocarditis in a child. And there's no guarantee that it's short-term either. And in fact, it's very likely the long-term scarring and everything. And, and I know, you know, we have a mutual friend in the military that was involved in a patient, a very healthy pilot yes. that out of nowhere had a stroke, his liver damage, every blood panel you can imagine is messed up. He's in really, really bad shape. And I mean, picture a young pilot just out of nowhere she consulted with four other doctors because it touched on various different specialties and you know, all the four other ones, see no evil, hear no evil about the shots being administered, you know, a few weeks prior, that is not even a, a, on the radar. So it certainly is a spiritual fight. Um, where are things, I know you can't talk about the details, but just in general. Um, so some of your patients, because they were denied, they have, court cases and you're involved in that. Do you have your own court case? So I, I don't have my own. I'm a plaintiff. I'm a named plaintiff. And, and you can read about that in that Defender Children's Health Defense. It's all public, public there. Um, and the court documents are all public. And it clearly delineates almost date by date, time by time of everything that's happened to me to suppress my voice. And again, I'm sorry I'm speaking so cryptically, but there are certain rules that I'm not allowed to speak about. So I'm, I'm referring to those so that you can post or your listeners can, can find um, because I, I can't get myself in more sure. trouble. Um, but, you know, I, I look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and they were thrown into a fiery furnace for not bowing to the, lo- the, the God at the time. And yep. for some reason, this seems that this shot is the, the, the God of the time. And we've got Fauci saying is. he is science. So is he the, the chief priest of this? And and to, to go against it this, is. they'll remove everything. They'll take your military career. They'll take your medical career. They'll leave you with yeah. nothing. And and I'd rather that, just like Shadrach, I mean, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would rather go into the fire. And it would, would have been better for them to be burned to death and never walk again on the face of this earth than it would be to bow to that false god. And and that's a big sacrifice that a lot of people aren't willing to make. I mean, uh, just to be clear, did you get your medical education through the military? They paid for it. So I went to undergrad uh, with ROTC scholarship, and then I went to med school with an HPSB, which is the equivalent um, where they pay for medical school. And so I owe until June of 23. I'm currently uh, submitted some negotiations to try and get my resignation. I, I did try so if to. If you were to resign from the military, you would have to pay that back. Potentially, I tried to submit anyway, an so unqualified. That's, that's another. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I tried to submit an unqualified resignation back in December. And because their refusal to, to accept it allowed me enough time to actually become one of the DMED whistleblowers. So I do think that was a God, a God thing working in my life. Yes, and it should be noted, you are one of the names. You were willing to put your name out. There's a lot of other people we know involved in that, but three of you put your name out. You were one of them um, You that you witnessed the downloading at the time of those data. Um, clinically, you didn't deal with it as much just because you weren't a unit doctor. The others were, um, but there are a lot of people that saw that. But I think we could all understand why there are so few people like you because, again, your career is destroyed often you'll have to pay back all your medical education. So it's not like a lot of people are like, I'll find another job. So in the civilian world, it's hard enough, but here, you know, you, you can't you find can, another job whether and you have pot- no way to make yeah. money because you've lost your license. You lost your, you put your whole life yet, into but, the military right. and then you got to pay back. If you're a doctor, you got to pay back the medical. If you're a pilot, you have to pay back the aviation training. Um, I mean, this is a huge cash 22 and, and, and look, this is where the idolatry you talk about comes in, right? Because there's one thing you say, the military kind of mandates a lot of shots. Okay, we see this coming, we have a pandemic, mandated. But then it went on and on and on. And, you know, I started talking about the shots in March, this time of year, you know, early March 2021. And, you know, we knew there were problems. We started talking about it. I could have never imagined it would be quite this bad. But we learn and we see you open your mar- mind, you open your heart. I didn't come with this agenda. I, I was never anti any vaccine before. I didn't even see this coming. It was the truth that led us here and these people refused to see it. So that's what's shocking. After everything we see, after the fact that the variants changed, so it's an expired shot, it's negative efficacy. Um, the pandemic has been declared over anyway, mainly in the civilian world. Why would you double down on this? You won't even deploy a destroyer because the commander in that case didn't have a, have a show. Why would you do that? I mean, it just it makes no sense, but it, it is spiritual. And that's where I wanted to end it with you, Dr. Sigalov. Um, do you believe that this is a broader agenda, not just about an idolatry behind the shot itself, but do you think that, let, let's face it. I mean, let's talk about a mutual friend. Okay. Dr. Peter Chambers. So that guy is like, you know, he reminds me of what the military used to be. Got in the eighties, green beret doctor. I mean, that guy is like, you know, toxic masculinity all the way. I mean, yeah. that, that's what an, an American special forces and, soldier and he, was. You obviously use that, that toxic ingest because real men are yeah, like I'm him. Using it exactly, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. exactly what it he's is. What men are, um, what they view as toxic, toxic, but what out. we view as heroic, yes. heroic and life-saving and, and what, what has really, you know, preserved freedom around the world. And they want people like that out of the military. Do you believe that this is part of the broader, more systemic problem in the yes. military that's not just the shop mandates, but ties into CRT, yes. social engineering, and all the other stuff to kick the Christians out of the military? So when, when Lot was in um, with Sodom and Gomorrah, and the, the two angels of the Lord went over, and they tried to pull, the city tried to pull them out. There's a lot of things going on with that story, but I think another part of the story that I've recently heard that I like that I never really thought of is it's like living in a society and in your own home, you can do what you want. You can be in society, but not be in the world, but not of the world. And and when they pull you out and make you participate, well, now they're making you actually participate in it. Like 
like with the man who had to bake a cake, the Christian man who didn't want to bake a cake to participate in a, in a ceremony, but they forced him to participate. That's just like what was Sodom and Gomorrah. It's that being in the society and yeah, being in your own home and whatever you want, but it's not, that's not good enough anymore. You actually have to say it. You have to participate in it. You have to be part of this, this bending of the knee. And, and to be abundantly clear, even if all of these you know, alleged vaccines and these shots were completely safe, and let's say it was normal saline that they were sticking in people, you would find me in the same place because I'm not going to bend. I follow God. Yeah, I mean, you sound like the type of person that uh, a lot of the higher-ups wouldn't want in the military even divorced from this, and that's unfortunately what we're seeing, and, you know, it, it ties into that's why you have the CRT curriculum now and things like that because they want to shove it on you, make it that you have to participate in that curriculum. So this is just the latest, most immediate way of thinning the herd. It's a way um, to get all the sheep Here's what I don't understand. Out. You're, you're yeah, sheepdogs. You're 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 about my age, and what I don't understand is people our age, and then certainly, I mean, gosh, the people going into the military, you know, in the pipeline would be half our age. So certainly, you get younger. Who would want to join the military of that ilk? That's what I don't understand. I I don't know, and I I know my my son. He's he's fairly young. He's less than ten, and you know he sees daddy coming home in uniform, and he's he wants to wear his camo so he can, you know, look like daddy. He's, he's not going to be allowed to go in the military ever because the, the trust that, that maybe was there, or maybe I was just too naive to see that there shouldn't have been trust. The trust is completely broken because you have these documents that say, Oh, it's mandated. They're mandated to get an FDA approved. And then they, they do this quick shift where they say, Oh, but you can volunteer to take anything. Now we're going to punish people who didn't volunteer. Because there is no FDA-approved comirnaty. It doesn't exist. It's never been created. Yep, and a Florida judge said that they're, you know, agreed that legally they're not the same. Um, you know, you could say whatever you want scientifically, but then, okay, so then give full approval to the one that's out. But they didn't. Well, and so, Pfizer also, if you, you look at their, if you look at Pfizer's documents, they have three different vials out there that have a different color top, orange, gray, and purple. And there are different ingredients in each one. And the ones that they say are inactive ingredients, how do we know? How do we know they're actually inactive and they're not actually causing problems? We don't know. One of them's diluted, one of them's not. Why is there so much variability in one company? One company, and does that generate the variability in outcomes and, and why we're seeing so many different outcomes? Some people not have problems, some people have mild problems, some people die. And uh, we have the AMA document from the FOIA, you know, court decision there. We got the FOIA documents that demonstrate at least a half a dozen different dosage levels, too. They're not all 30 uh, micrograms from uh, Pfizer. I mean, and, and that might shed some light on why some people have more issues than others. I mean, this is, this is crazy. I mean, even the, the most mi- minimal things that we know already, which portend a greater problem, but even if that greater thing is... is is not true. Uh, just what we know already makes this immoral. Again, it's over. It's outdated. It's, we have negative efficacy. Um, it, it and just for the listeners, just for the listeners, the negative efficacy, because we hear 
uh, safe and effective, safe and effective. And when they say safe and effective, there's there's a wide definition for effective. And one of them can be it's easy to administer. So it's easy to for healthcare providers to administer. But efficacious is a completely different word. And it means how well does it work? And negative efficacy means you actually have a greater risk of infection than if you didn't get it. Meaning it so offers no protection. Way, all the data we have now demonstrates that. They could say they're confounders, but we certainly don't have data affirmatively showing the other way. So, you know, the, the countries like the UK that are putting out weekly reports, that is what they're showing. Um, and, uh, you know, I know uh, we have data from the Texas National Guard. We've seen negative efficacy uh, in the military and specifically. Uh, just to close out this segment here, could you give me your broad picture on what military families are doing? What, what has changed in them? the last year or two, how is this going to reverberate? Um, Because personally, I never joined the military, so I didn't have that emotional attachment. And I was already saying during Obama's time, I said I would never let a child join the military. There's there's huge problems there. Um, But, you know, there's people that had it in their bloodline. They kept, you know, uh, signing up even over the last decade. Where do you see that recruitment headed forward? I, there's people still going in today. I don't, I don't know what, where they're living that they're missing all of this. Um, and maybe they don't have a problem with all this. Um, but I think medicine and the military are going the same direction and it's a complete (laughs) shattering of all trust. Medicine and military. It's a very powerful statement. I mean, you can't do without, without both in a society and that's how you, you know, have a nuclear attack on your own civilization, medicine and military. So in other words, could I take it, Dr. Siglov, that you agree with my premise in today's column? We have more problems than just needing an extra 5% of probe, so above inflation for FY 2023 in the military. Oh, the, we could talk for another couple hours on, on the potential problems of the future. <laughs> it's all about dollars and cents. Just give the defense contractors more money. And it's all good. Military's in good shape. Thank you for joining us on another episode. Upcoming soon, we're going to have a talk with a survivor of hospital admission. It wasn't that COVID was going to kill him. It's that the hospital protocols were clearly going to kill him. I'm also going to be speaking with Dr. Artis very soon. I'll be publishing that episode soon. I've also spoken recently with Matthew Lohmeyer. We'll get some of his perspectives on things here shortly. All those episodes to come out over the next few weeks. Thank you, and together we will all make courage more contagious than fear.